I want you to know that God is in his house this morning. He desires to do something great and mighty in each one of our lives. I have a very, very special morning here lined up. I have several things that uh, I want to introduce you to for the very first time, but we also have a focus today on missions. You may have noticed in your bulletin today that there's a little insert in there that has 31 flags on it. And uh, just to have a little fun when you walk out that door, see how many of the flags are flying out front. We don't have enough flagpole to fly a, a flag for every country we've been to here as a church, but 31 of them here. We have some special guests here today, but I want to tell you what we're going to do first. And, um, you know, we have a desire as a church here to reach the world, and we want to do whatever it takes to reach the world. And uh, just a moment, you're going to hear about one of those ways we can do it. And I, I think you're going to be amazed about how easy it might be, but also how Beaverdam Baptist Church can have all kinds of free marketing. Um, one of our deacons, Billy Kane, is going to come forward here in just a moment, and he's going to share this vision, and Karen Kirby is going to help him with that. Also, after that, we want you to kind of hear about what God's been doing in this church through missions. And Matt Miller is the leader of our missions team, along with his wife, Leanna. And Matt's going to come this morning and kind of share what we've been doing and also what we plan on doing this year, too. And then we have two very special guests this morning. Dr. Kiyar Sani and Dr. D.B. Martin. And um, they are part of the Barnabas Global Industry Ministry, Link, they call it. And... Um, Dr. Sonny and Dr. Martin started this ministry a number of years ago, and I'm going to let them kind of share all the statistics, but I want you to know that because of this precious ministry and the efforts of uh, Dr. Sonny in India and Dr. Martin here supporting him, that they've planted more than 3,700 house churches in India, and they're touching that nation for the glory of God. And so you're going to hear that, and um, I want you to share this just a little bit about Dr. Sonny. We've had him coming here now, I believe, for six or seven years. I couldn't remember exactly how many. But uh, every time he comes, he, we get the privilege of having him stay with us for a little while. And just to get to know him and hear his stories just touches my heart. And um, Dr. Sonny went with me to the Friday morning Bible study. That's an advertisement, guys, at Ashland uh, Chick-fil-A at 7 o'clock on Friday mornings. But uh, in, in preparing for the lesson, Dr. Martin, uh, Dr. Sonny and I were talking about it. And we were talking out of, or we're going to be teaching out of Romans 14. Romans 14 talks about um, harmony talks about being of one accord, being on the same page as the church. And so as I talked to Dr. Sonny about it, Dr. Harmony, he says, you know, we really don't have that problem in our little churches in India. we got pretty good harmony. The problem we have is persecution. You know, did that bring the whole essence of the problems we deal with into light and into focus, that we don't have to deal with persecution right now in our churches, but he does. And uh, I think you know this, I've shared it a number of times, that Dr. Sani has actually been stoned for his faith before. Dr. Sani says, you know, we really don't focus on the persecution. And then he said, you know why? Because what a privilege to suffer for the cause of Christ. He says, we realize what we need to focus on is sharing the gospel. And um, this, our, our team here and our church has supported them in a number of different ways, and you're going to hear about that in a few moments. But I am um, touched deeply by this church and myself having a personal relationship with Dr. Sonny, seeing truly a hero of our faith that travels all over that nation. His family's involved now, too. have been involved for a number of years. Dr. Martin supporting him, too. So I want to tell you right now so you can begin preparing your thoughts and minds. And uh, Dr. Martin, share with me, and I'll talk more about this at the end of the service. But uh, one of the problems they have in India is getting Bibles for pastors. You know, they don't have Bibles there. They can't import Bibles either in all these different languages because they confiscate them at the border. They won't let them come in. Dr. Sani told me that uh, what kind of persecution are they enduring? It's not always physical against them. But um, in one of the provinces, one of the states there in India, 
uh, some radical Hindus found out where they were printing Bibles, and they burned it to the ground. He also told me another story that a man that was pretty wealthy went into a storehouse of Bibles and bought all the Bibles and destroyed them. And so that kind of persecution going on. But we have a privilege this morning at the end of our service to buy some Bibles for India that they'll take back, Dr. Sana take back. They, they produce them there. They print them there many times in secret. But uh, he can buy them and then give them to these pastors. They're going to train more than 1,000 pastors this year. And they'd like to give every one of them a Bible because most of them don't have one. The Bible will be written and in, then in, in translated into their own language there so they can use it to share the gospel. But we're going to hear these guys in order. Billy Kane's going to come here in a minute. Uh, then Matt Miller's going to come. And then Dr. Sonny and Dr. Martin. God bless you. Welcome to our church. Good morning, everyone. So uh, what the Apostle Paul said, I believe it was in Corinthians, that he desired to reach all people by all means. And I think at Beaverdam it's safe to say that we have the same desire. And uh, one way that uh, I think that we can do that is through social media. I think there's a lot of untapped potential. And we have a lot of influence for those of you that have Facebook and other social media means to let people know about the exciting things that are going on at Beaverdam Baptist. Uh, it's really a powerful reach. Uh, so to do that, uh, we want to solicit you all's help. And we want to do that in two different ways. The first way is we want to start posting pictures of some of the exciting things that are going on at Beaverdam. So may it uh, might be a baptism. It might be something that's going on and exciting in your Sunday school class, uh, something else. Uh, whatever it may be, uh, but, you know, to encourage you to get out your smartphone or your camera and snap a picture of it, and then to email that picture to this email address. I don't know if it's going to be up here or not, but it's uh, facebook at beaverdambaptist.com. And then we're going to have various Facebook coordinators which are going to go through that email address and select which of the pictures we can post to our main page. Uh, so that's option That's uh, option one that we're hoping that you all can help us. The second option or the second way that we're trying to reach people is through each of our own individual Facebook pages. And this is something that I want to start doing myself. And that is, uh, there's various means, you know, to let people know about the exciting things going on at Beaverdam, such as by, like, checking in when you get here, sharing events, uh, tagging Beaverdam Baptist Church and on your Facebook page, things like that, to let other people know in the community about what's going on so that we may reach people for Jesus. And then also to keep our members informed as well. So with all that said, I'm going to... Uh, I'm not a, a Facebook expert myself. My wife usually has to walk me through how to do different things on there. But Karen uh, is more of an expert at Facebook, and she's going to show us uh, very briefly how to uh, check in and like and do some other things. So, Karen, I'm going to turn it over to you now. Good morning. Um, for the first time ever, I'm going to ask you all to pull up your if you use Facebook, please pull out your cell phone and get on your page for Facebook. And mine is going to be up here, up there sometime or another. But while we're here this morning, okay, I got it. Um, we're going to first start with a check-in, which if you're on your page right now, you will see the button that says check-in. All you have to do is tag it which I'm doing now, too. And if you've got good trackers, Beaverdam Baptist will come up. I'm having a difficult time with my server. So I hopefully you all will get a Beaverdam Baptist that will come up on your phone. You tag it, 
and then simply um, post it when it comes pop back up. Facebook users will know how to do this. Um, so I won't be able to give you a great detail because my phone's not receiving this from any other time. Um, the second thing is we're going to go to Beaver Dam's Facebook page. So if you would just go up to the top and search for Beaver Dam Baptist Church, you'll get on their Facebook page. And we're going to ask you to like them if you have not already liked the Facebook page. And then when you like them, Okay, all notifications need to be lifted. That way you actually get these notifications coming across your page daily as we post them here from the church. And at this chance, if when you see these, we want to encourage you to share them on your timeline. And I think everybody that knows Facebook knows how to share. So we're going to share for me to go back to... Uh, that picture and go down, scroll down, scroll all the way down, um, down to that picture again. Uh, okay, well, here you go, scroll back up. Sorry. Right there. And you just hit share. on my timeline. So all my friends are going to be able to see this and then what we're going to encourage you to do is to share events that come up in church. And you'll find them in your worship bulletin on every Sunday morning. And this is a great way to invite your family and friends that um, you can invite them to church. This is just briefly, well, We'll have some more information coming on this. Sorry, you guys. Um, to let you know, but this is a start to check it and get you familiar with sharing your events. Thank you. Good morning, church. Uh, it's good to be with you guys this morning. Uh, thank you all for being here. Uh, I was in Haiti last week uh, and had the awesome privilege of uh, sharing God's love and uh, message of reconciliation uh, with a number of people there and, and thoroughly enjoyed that, but it's nice to be at home again as well. Um, Gary asked me this morning to come and give an account, if you will, of what we did last year, and it reminded me a little bit about the parable that Jesus shared where he entrusted his servants with something of value according to their abilities. And then he came at a later date and he asked them to give account of what they had done with it. Now the first two servants had invested what his master had given him and produced some measure of gain. But the third servant, he, he hid what he had been given didn't do anything with it, and there was no gain whatsoever. And so the master, he took what he had given to, to that servant and gave it to those who were willing to invest it. So what I'd like to do this morning is share with you how we've invested 
the resources that God has given us this past year here at Beaver Dam through missions. Uh, we were able to touch four different nations through sending people. Um, individuals who took their time away from their normal lives, invested their own money, separated from their families, and went out. Now, those nations included um, Honduras. One of our young people spent their summer there, included Nepal. Another one of our young ladies spent a summer there as well. We took a, a decent-sized little team down to Haiti, um, touched some lives of some young folks, and spent some time ministering there, and I know that those that went came back and were changed as well. Uh, Chris Thomas, he, uh, he went down to uh, South America, I think it was uh, Venezuela, is that right? Venezuela, yeah, and uh, had a, a tremendously impactful time there as well. Now, some of the other ways that we, we have been able to influence the world, leverage what we've been given towards the kingdom of God is through our financial resources. And so the predominant way that we use the resources that you guys invest in missions here at Beaver Dam is through the International Mission Board. Now, the International Mission Board has got missionaries all over the world, and their predominant focus has always been in church planting. Now, they, they narrowed that focus to specifically reaching unreached people groups. There's no better way to to invest our monies in giving the good news of Jesus Christ to people that haven't heard it. A couple other partnerships that we have had in the past and we had last year are with uh, Rick Vi Ministries and Ron Harris, both people who invest in evangelism and in pastor training, similar to what we're going to hear about this morning. We also invested a significant portion of what we were given last year in this pastor's training seminar that you're going to get the privilege of hearing about today. And, and I'm super excited and encouraged to hear about how fruitful those seeds that we have planted have come to bear. You see, that's, that's exactly the mission that we've been given. It's to plant seeds. We're not responsible for the results. God himself will grow the fruit. All we're called to do is cast the seed. But he has entrusted us with some things that are very valuable. I don't understand why he gives it out in the measures that he does. And frankly, I don't understand why he would use people like us to share something as precious as the gospel of Jesus Christ. But that's his plan. That's his plan. And that's the charge he's given to each and every one of us. So this coming year, we're, we're changing some of our partnerships. We're increasing some of our partnerships. We're, we're, we're changing directions in other areas, and, and I'd love to share some of those things with you at, at a different time. We're headed out to uh, four different countries again this year, different countries. We've built a little team to go to Kenya. I'm super excited about that. Uh, like I said, I was in Haiti last week, and... Uh, we might be again there this summer if God allows. Uh, we're building a team to go to Venezuela again through uh, Chris Thomas and, and the connections he has there. And we're also trying to get back to Nicaragua again this year. And we'd love to put a team together. Pastors Gary and Amy themselves are leading that trip. So I'd like you to, 
prayerfully consider that God is calling you to be a part of what's going on here. Um, those of you who have been faithful and given over the years towards missions effort here at Beaverdam Baptist, I, I just can't thank you enough. I can't thank you enough because I know that you believe the promises that God has given us. And you believe it enough that you're acting on that belief. And I think it's a beautiful thing when God's people partner together to be the body of Christ. Only together are we whole as a body. We can't complete the mission that God has given us as individuals. And that in and itself is a miracle. Uh, before our guest speakers come this morning, I'd just like to take a moment to pray. And I'd ask you if you'd join me in prayer. Thank you, Steve. My Father God, I, I come before you this morning with a heart that is full. Full of promise and expectation of all that you are going to do. I come before you, though, trembling. In awe at the responsibility that you have given us. It doesn't make any sense to me why you entrust something so precious with people that are so fragile, frail, and broken. But I do thank you that you have included us in your plan. That you have invited us to join with you in building your kingdom. That you yourself have drawn us into relationship with you. Father God, we submit ourselves to you once again. May our lives glorify you. May our lives bless you in some small measure how richly you have blessed us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, Beaver Dan, and uh, thank you for your prayers. Beaverdam is one of my, like a home church, you know, in the United States. Dr. Gary and Amy and the whole family, even Billy, Julian, <laughs> now Maggie, Minji, they just make, make me a so family and uh, uh, make me home. And I just thank you for uh, Beaverdam. I mean, Beaverdam is a little town and it has made a great impact uh, on the globe, I thought maybe just they are with India. They are in several countries. You know, they are doing a, uh, exactly the, um, what I, we say, the, his last command is our first concern. So Jesus commanded to go you therefore and preach the gospel. And the same thing the Beaverdam is doing and taking a part and making a partnership in the local ministries, you know, you know countries like in India. And uh, so... Um, I just thank thank you for uh, 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 what you are doing. 
Well, my connection with uh, Beaver Dam uh, is uh, since several years. And whenever I come and see that, I visit Beaver Dam. And the mission, the Burnhamus Global Links, the mission began uh, in uh, uh, two, 2000, maybe 2000 or, or uh, 1999. So about 17 years ago, the visual ministry have begun. And uh, uh, DB joined, Dr. Martin, he's my partner in the ministry. And so he joined in 2002. And I had an opportunity to take him in different places to preach the gospel in different villages. And by the time I have reached about 10 states of India, but never planted a church, never thought of planting the church. So, but D.B. said, you must, must plant the house church, you know, the churches. And I said, I cannot do that, maybe, so I don't have pastors. And so I need to have a pastors at least. Uh, to, that is my uh, minimum requirement. And so he said he, he can help him. Well, so I will share more about the ministry. So let's go to the word of God. Would you please stand up and uh, uh, read the couple of verses from the Bible. From First Peter chapter 4, verses 13 and 16. But rejoice in as much as you are partakers of Christ in suffering that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Verse 16. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. We pray. Lord, we thank you for this passage. Thank you for viewing them once again for their partnership with us. We just give you all glory to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. You may be seated. Well, when I preach in my country, so I usually preach in 90 minutes, and so here I have to I have I have to take just to 15 minutes because my partner Dr. D. B. Martin will be taking 15 minutes. So this is how we it is a really acid test for me. Uh, so this passage, this passage we read read just now, that is written by Peter. He says that uh, as much as you are partaker of Christ's suffering, and so you will have a joy in your life. And also in the 16th verse, he talks about that uh, you, if any man suffer as a Christian, you know, Peter was not like this before. He was an angry man. And he immediately retaliated. And when you remember when Jesus was going to be arrested and Peter was the one who cut off the ear of uh, the Roman soldier. But him, he is talking about to suffer for Christ as far as India is concerned. So we, uh, like Gary mentioned, now we die for several reasons. Dying for sickness, old age, communal rights, and so without medication, like my mother died and she had no medical assistance when I was born in the day she, she, she died. My grandmother raised me, but that is a different story. But uh, see, when 
we receive Jesus in our heart, we are ready to suffer for him. So we die in different reasons, but dying for Christ would be a great reward. So this is why we are in the midst of persecution. So we are doing this ministry. And I'm not complaining for the persecution. So lately, a couple of years ago, so our, one of our key leader, coordinator, killed because he had planted nine house churches in his area. His, his name is Sunil Prande. Dr. Martin did been there, so we went to the cemetery and just uh, offered a flower in the, in the cemetery. And so he died. He, he just, we are so, so, so many pastors are just ready to die. For Christ, that is that, that that is something helped me to understand to suffering for Christ. My my meeting was last 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 uh, uh, month. My meeting was attacked, and about 100 men came. On just uh, somehow I uh, escaped from getting hurted. Uh, so several times I just don't get hurt, and when I, I think that. Jesus has not done with me. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but, so this mission is uh, found in, in, in the 1999. And uh, like I said, Dr. Martin joined me in 2002. And so in that year, we started about, um, uh, about uh, 23 house churches. And so um, we, we, uh, in this map, so get me the map, please. The next next slide. So we had a 19 uh, BGL pastor training seminars uh, circled at the left the last three years. 100 men each seminar, all taught by Indian nationals. We trained to teach our seminar manual translated into 11 different languages because we I cannot speak all the languages. Uh, well, so we have translated the, our seminar manual in, in uh, 11 different languages, main languages, and, we, and the uh, Indian nationals, they teach uh, in their own language, and in their uh, own culture, in their own state, so they, they teach, so because we are, um, you know, we, we, we um, share this gospel through them. And uh, one of the seminars at New Delhi, has been uh, sponsored by uh, B1M Baptist Church. And uh, so there were 117 men came, and uh, uh, we could uh, uh, train them. And uh, the result, okay, if, uh, it, it was required. Uh, of course, the Beaverdam has made a significant contribution in the past, but in, in specific in the particular, this time, they sponsored one seminar. It cost $4,000. And so, Bivadiam um, uh, supported to do that, uh, that seminar. And so, I personally took an initiative and took an information what's going on after the seminar. And after that seminar, we did it in, in, in December. And after that, 65 houses have been planted. 
that, that's a great investment you have made in, through, um, uh, through the Beaver Dam. And so, you know, so, so, so long uh, since that I met Dr. Martin, started the ministry in partnership, uh, more than 3,700 house churches have been planted all over India. When I went back, I prayed that uh, I should reach India. I had no clue that how I should reach India. But uh, today, we, uh, today we are every single part of India. We are in every single state of India and doing the seminar. We have men there, so the BGLA has gone. This is a, we are a small mission, but God hand on it, and so we can go. Uh, we, of course, made a strategy of a translating the manual so that it would be more effective. And so it is definitely effective uh, of uh, uh, doing the seminar. Sorry. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I live um, about um, 200 miles south to Mumbai. Uh, so that, that's a name. Name is Kolapur. It's an historical place. And so this, uh, the, uh, if we should show the next, uh, next slide, please. And so this is a, a training building. So we bring uh, the young men and uh, train them. And so we can accommodate 100 um, guys and uh, so we can feed them. Uh, so, uh, the, the, so the uh, the building in here uh, has a has a, um, a bunk beds, and so I, I cannot explain all that. So that is my uh, uh, fancy car. Uh, so I have. So <laughs> but you know, well, what is happening in India? You know, persecution is a, so so much of persecution has been increased, and uh, the persecution. Um, um, the persecution has increased, and despite of the persecution, more people are open to open to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Indian government had made a census uh, in 2002 or 2003, so we were 2.4 Christians um, in India, and lately uh, they made a census. We actually more than seven percent of Christianity. Is that, this is, but more than seven percent is uh, almost like in half of an American population because we we are 1.3 billion people live in India, and uh, so one sixth of the world's population. And somebody analyzed that every sixth person in the world is an Indian, and so it is the it's not the most unrich country uh, India is, and so um, I I I would like uh, um, uh, I would like. Uh, uh, to cue uh, a slide. Yeah, the slide slide of uh, the daily seminar, please. Daily seminars um, picture. Go, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Go, go ahead, I said. Yeah, so. Okay, second, second back, okay. Go, go, go behind, please. So Delhi and Nagaland. So we have we have done the two seminars. Seminars. Uh, yeah, the last last map of the, um, uh, of, the of this the fourth map maybe. Uh, yeah. So um, the first India map. There was nine more seminars for 2016. So we have 
uh, we, we, we are planning to uh, do another six, uh, uh, nine seminars in this year. And uh, if God provides our um, 4,000 4, 4, 4, 4, it costs per seminar. And also one of, one, one of the um, you know, problem we have come uh, across with, you know, we are no, uh, no barbers. You know, so one of, well, two, two, two churches I had an opportunity to preach in last month, and they, uh, the house churches did not have Bible. Even the pastor did not have Bible. <laughs> so, but they were worshiping. Uh, they have uh, churches and uh, uh, have been worship worship on Sunday service, Sunday services. Uh, even they they use our manual to uh, do do that worship service. But uh, I came back home and I bought some bottles and and shipped them uh, some some bottles. So um, we. Uh, we expect 50 new churches per seminar, praise God. And so, however, in Delhi, from Delhi seminar, so we could uh, uh, plant uh, 65 house churches. Uh, well, so I, that, that I said that I share, share this, uh, share this uh, um, uh, five to six in a, um, December so 2015 a Delhi seminar trained 117 men planted 65 house churches uh, uh, funded by Beaverdam Baptist Church that I said uh, uh, Dr. Gary uh, has been helped to do that and so um, I, of course I, I don't want to take a credit of founding, founding this mission so DB came uh, in, this, in the picture so it made a difference definitely so now I'll go to the um, slide of uh, um, uh, of the uh, actually teaching of uh, the seminar, seminar, daily seminar. So this is the daily seminar uh, that was sponsored by Beaver Dam, and uh, so um, I have I have explained uh, all, all that. So how God is working uh, through these local churches, through these local pastors, the local they are all ready to uh, to take any consequences, any suffering for Christ. And so they have been, they have been not tortured, they have been um, uh, persecuted like, you know, um, uh, see, um, one of the stories, I very quick, I will tell, tell you that in the state of Gujarat, um, the printing press, Bible printing press has been destroyed and burned down. And uh, he was given recompense of uh, the... Um, Insurance company gave uh, more than uh, more than the, he insured, you know, more than the money of the cost of the printing press, and uh, I asked him not to start any other printing press. And also, in other place, um, one rich man bought all the Bibles from the storehouse, maybe thousand, couple thousand Bibles, and so he made out of stock. So he, he he's not Christian. He's a he's a uh, he is a uh, not a Christian. So he bought. So this is how we are we are facing a problem with the Bible. And so um, uh, I, I I always want to help them to uh, help them to uh, buy the Bible. So so pray for the Bibles. And so of course you have you have con you have made a big contribution of doing the seminar in New Delhi. And so every single dollar comes 
comes goes to the ministry. I, I, I'm not paid. Uh, however, they buy my ticket to come and room and board, so it doesn't cost. And so I can stay with um, Dr. Gary and Amy, so it doesn't cost me. And so, um, uh, see, uh, so every dollar you give goes for the ministry. And praise God for that. And I praise for the Beardown and the Beardown have made a difference uh, in the ministry, and they are so much an encouragement to us. And I thank you so much. Yeah, there are so many slides, but, but uh, uh, so, yeah. So this is the young man uh, in the corner is my son. He, yeah, so he, 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 he looks like my father. So, <laughs> so he, 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 he does, and he takes a lot of uh, um, challenges. And uh, he's, uh, uh, he's one of his seminars were attacked. It was one, one, 165 men came at the uh, northern India, very close to Bhutan. So we, we are also have, um, have a, um, a ministry, visual ministry in the neighboring countries in Bhutan, down in Nepal, and also um, down in south in uh, Sri Lanka and Bangladesh. And so we, 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 could, do, we could do, we could, we could reach in all these places just because of the hand of God on this mission. So I close here because we have to hear Dr. Levy Martin, and so we both have to share. I, I think I tried to share everything uh, within 15 minutes. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. You have always been a great, great, great encouragement to me. Thank you. I have a very short sermon, uh, not because I like to preach short sermons, but the time is such that I'm going to take. Uh, in the bulletin, you have the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. It's repeated in Acts 1, 8, where Jesus said, You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be you know, filled with the Holy Spirit, and you shall be witnesses, first in Jerusalem. And I want to say, this church, I believe, is probably one of the most missionary-minded churches I know of. Your Jerusalem is famous. What you do in the community to reach out in the community to meet needs, to tell them that Jesus loves them, is exemplary. And I really admire the work that you've done. And I look in the bulletin and see the number of countries that this church has touched. And that has taken a lot of sacrificial giving. I just want to say God must smile on you. And I want to thank you and commend you for all you're doing in all these other countries. I don't see how you've done what you've done in our ministry and done all that other too, but you're in balance. And, I, and I'm grateful and I admire uh, your pastor and your leadership and uh, your missions committee and your mission team. And I, I, just, I just want to celebrate that. I want to give you a hand. And you can give God a hand for working in you and through you. But then I want to go to, Matthew, to Acts 13, very briefly in Acts 13. And, and I'm just going to refer to these two verses. I'm not going to read them. But in the two verses, Acts 13, 2, Paul and Barnabas and John Mark were in 
Antioch, which was the first basically Gentile church, really that could be identified. There were more Gentiles in that church probably than any other church before that. And it was the first really missionary sending church. And they were there about a year teaching and training and the people were growing and the church was growing. And the Holy Spirit said, separate Paul, uh, he was called Saul at that time, and Barnabas on sending them out. And so they prayed, they fasted, they laid hands on them, and they sent them out. And they went out uh, to, uh, they went out first to Cyprus, and then over to what is today Turkey. Then it was called Asia Minor in Galatia. And Paul was born over there. And he went over and shared the gospel over there. And he came up um, here, especially to Lystra. He ran into his persecution there. He was stoned at Lystra. In Acts 14, verse 19, they took him out of town and stoned him and left him for dead. And many Bible teachers think that he did die there. Possibly in 2 Corinthians 12, he talks about being caught up into the third heaven. And they left him. They thought he was dead. But his missionary helpers gathered around him and the new Christians that had been won to Christ. And they gathered around him and prayed for him. Uh, prayer is the most important thing we do. Nothing more important that we do. And this church is a house of prayer. I've seen several places already people gather and pray. And, um, and, and Jesus said, My house shall be called a house of prayer. And that's the most important thing we do. If we don't do that, nothing else matters because the power of God will not come. But they prayed, and he apparently was raised. Not only was he raised, he didn't even have any convalescence time. He didn't even have to go to the hospital or the rehab center, you know. But he went on to the next town. It says in, in the 21st verse of Acts 14 uh, that they went on, uh, departed uh, for, for, for Derby. And they went on, and that, that was very close to, to Tarsus where he had been raised. But he didn't go home. He stayed with the job, you know. And, and it says that they, they, they preached the gospel there and made many disciples and planted churches. Everywhere they went, they won disciples and they planted, and then they went back. It's amazing that Paul here uh, went back to Lystra where he was stoned. What courage this man had. You know, Solomon was up in Erinkal uh, Pradesh, which is up in the northeast corner uh, of India. And Dr. Sonny mentioned that they had 166 men. We don't usually have that many. We usually keep it to 100 because if it gets more than, more than that, we have persecution, and it's proven out every time. <laughs> we keep it to 100, and we can get away with that. Uh, but they had 166 the first day. And before the day was out, a group of Maoists armed with guns and knives showed up and robbed them and beat them no one was seriously hurt in the sense of losing their lives, but they lost about $1,200 in cash that was part of the money to finance the seminar. But he had enough manuals to give all of them, the 166, a manual. 
They lost their cell phones, and most of them have cell phones. Um, and, and then, of course, um, Solomon called his dad, Dr. Simon, and they managed to get some more money together to send it. And the next day, they left that site, but they found another place where they could continue and still had 66 of the 166 men. That took courage because he almost lost his life. He stayed with it and the next day continued another day and finished the seminar. Two full days of teaching they can get through the manual in Hindi. And so uh, courage here. And then it says he went back in verse 23, it says in Acts 14, they appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting. Notice the emphasis on prayer. And commended them to the Lord in whom they all had believed. And everywhere they, they, they discipled. They discipled the leadership. Our primary ministry in India is discipling men to plant churches. And, um, and I, then it says in the next verse, verse 26, they came back to Antioch where they started and reported. Now, that's what we're doing here. We're reporting on your seminar uh, in Delhi and thanking you. And uh, we ask God to bless you for your faithfulness. Now, I want to say two or three other words about personal experience. One... There's not a shortage of Bibles in India right now. There's a shortage of money. There are Bibles available that can be bought. New Testaments can be bought in several languages except two states that have destroyed the source. Gujarat is one of them, and the other one is... What? Okay. Uh, but they're available. They just don't have money. Now, some of these pastors, they have a choice between taking the money, little money they have and buying a Bible or eating and feeding their family. It's like that. Now, the Bibles are available, but the time will come, the government's probably going to burn those down too. God has touched my heart to say, oh, how we need to raise the money to buy the Bibles before they're burned down. And God just really gripped my heart earlier this year uh, to pray for at least a thousand Bibles. We can get it in the languages. We can buy them there for seven dollars each. And I've been praying for a thousand Bibles, seven dollars each, seven thousand dollars before our banquet that he can take back with him when he goes to India. And he can buy them and use them to plant churches. Now they're using my manual uh, <laughs> instead of a Bible. And my manual is not infallible. <laughs> the Bible has power. But it's better they have something with Scripture in it. Uh, but they need Bibles. And you're going to have an opportunity to help us on that today. And then I want to say two other things, and then I'm going to close. When, I, when Dr. Sy, I've been going to India every year since 2002. been 18 times. And taught personally a lot of three-day seminars all day each day. He translated some of them. We had inter tra interpreters for all of them. 
until 2013. And then we began to train other men in extended sessions in the training center um, to teach the seminar and translated the manual with professional translators into 11 languages. Praise God for that. Having it in their own language and having teachers that teach it in their own culture is a hundred times better than me teaching it. See? Or even, even Dr. Sani. But Dr. Sani, is, he's, he's a national. And, um, but I want to tell you what happened when we, in 2007, we went to Andhra Pradesh, southeastern India. And we were doing a lot of seminars. We were doing five three-day pastor seminars. We did uh, five family seminars. In the pastor seminars, we only have men. Uh, but we have, some, we have family seminars. We invite the wives to come. And we limit our pastor seminars to about 100, but the family seminars, we've had, we've had three, 400 in some of them. Um, but at any rate, we had, we had 11 seminars, counting that, and had one prophecy seminar. I do Bible prophecy seminars. And uh, we had all that planned. I arrived in 2007 on July the 31st. That's just after the monsoons, and it wasn't really over. <laughs> They had a hurricane coming in from the, from the east. It was such a big hurricane that the government had canceled all schools. Many things were closed. They literally bust thousands of people off the east coast along Andhra Pradesh, the largest uh, sea coast in India. And they bust them into the interior so they wouldn't be hit by the... We were only about 25 miles from the coast. It was going to come in, and there were going to be flooding and rains, and, and we, had, we had... God had raised the money to help fund all those seminars. And I prayed. I said, Lord, you provided the money for this, and we've got the coordinators, and we've got them set up, and we're ready to teach them, uh, and now the hurricane is coming. And so we cried out. We took time out of our teaching to just have a prayer meeting. And we prayed. And they stayed for the day. I said, we don't know whether we'll be here tomorrow or not. It was going to hit any minute. It was coming in. And uh, that night, Dr. Sonny and I were in the hotel in Solomon. And we were watching. We could get CNN in English there. And we watched the weather move. And it was coming in from the northeast. It was going to hit the coast and probably just wipe a lot of it out. And we watched it incredulously. And God turned that hurricane, they call it cyclone, more than 90 degrees, and it went north up into China. The miracle. And they were shocked. And there were heads rolled in the meteorologists because they, misdi they mispredicted it. They didn't mispredict it. God just changed it. God is a miracle-working God, and when we do His will, He shows up. Then I want to tell you one other thing I said. In my early prayer morning, one morning, and I'll try to have a prayer time every day, only the most important thing I do. It's high priority. I, I commend that to you, and I commend that to all I teach. Uh, and early one morning, I was just in prayer to the Lord, and the Lord spoke to me. It wasn't in an audible voice, but he spoke to me 
and he said, pray for a million new house churches. I said, what? That doesn't fit my guidelines for goal setting, you know. <laughs> a million new house churches. But India is 1.3 billion and not million. And that would only be a thousand, a, one church for every thousand people in India. It wouldn't even be that. Uh, and so I said, what? And he said it again. Not an audible voice, but a still small voice, but it was very clear. He said, pray for a million house churches. And then God loves those people. Missionologists believe that there's still more than a billion lost people in India. More than a billion. More lost people in India than any country in the world. And it's still open, but it's closing. And those Bibles probably will be destroyed if we don't buy them and store them and use them. You know, This is why we've got to get the Bibles now. I'm praying for 5,000 Bibles before the year is out. Even if we don't do any more seminars, even if we don't do any more manuals, we've got to get the Bible in their hand and they're trained and they're ready and many of them don't have Bibles and the disciple men, they don't have a Bible to even go into any church. So this is a great need. And uh, let me say this. I, Dr. Sonny, I told Dr. Sonny he was surprised too. But since 2007, we have been praying for a million new house churches. We've seen the planting of churches increase. It's because he showed up. What he's done, we didn't do this. BGL didn't do this. Dr. Sonny didn't do this. I didn't do this. God is doing a work in India that is exciting. We just want to help him. And really, we're not asking you to help us. We're asking you to help him with the harvest in India. He said, pray for a million new house churches. It was very clear. It's hard to believe. But we've been doing it <laughs> He didn't give me the date. Usually when you set a goal, you have to have it measurable and you have to have a date so you know when you're reaching for You don't say, I want to do better. You know, that's not a goal. Lord, you didn't tell me, but I thought it through. I said, well, Lord, the church is being raptured. And there won't be any churches after that. So plant a million churches before the rapture. That should be this year. <laughs> we are in desperate situation we need to work while it is day because we're going to be raptured out of here. And so we've been praying that. So increasingly this year, I've been praying, and Dr. Simon has been praying, Lord, plant the million churches. You see, it says in 1 John 5, 14 and 15, if we ask anything according to his will, what? He hears us and we have our petition. It's his will to plant a million churches in India. We can't do it. He can. We can just be bondservants to him, and he will do it. But I, I just, uh, we're praying. I expect him to do it. I don't know how or I don't know when. Last year, uh, we saw a 1,000 new churches, BGL. We saw a 1,000. We're seeing a 1,000 this year. God is at work. Um, now I want to say this to close. The reason we go is because people are lost. And we preach the cross. We preach the resurrection. We preach the inerrant word of God. And God is using